2: Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week, it's Jess Perkins and Naomi Higgins. Yay! Yay!
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey guys, we're podcasting together. God,
0: can you believe it? Yeah. Oh,
2: alright.
0: <laughs> I can. <laughs> oh, oh, man. For some people...
2: Some people said it would never happen, and I just want to say, this one's for the haters. I mean, Amen. we've done it before too,
1: so it'd be weird <laughs> that, that they were that like, was... "It'll, it's never, ha- it'll never happen." It's like it already has. We're just going to do it again. Right.
0: <sighs> yeah, that's very true. Haters it's... are weird,
1: man. They get so hung up on dumb shit, you know.
0: <laughs> haters, they they're not out there getting in the getting in the trenches, talking about books over Zoom. They're living their pathetic lives, doing something else.
2: (laughs) Probably also over Zoom, though, to be fair. Sorry, I'm going insane. (laughs) Going? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got to say thank you very much to both of you for joining me again on Book Cheat, a show where we talk about classic books. We've all had a bit more free time on our hands lately. Have you spent any of your time uh, reading anything? Have you been reading at all yes a, a group of my friends and now i'm embarrassed because i
1: can't remember the name of the book but i'll find it um a group of my friends have started a zoom uh, sorry not a Zoom, yeah like a zoom book club and so we all picked a book oh. that we were going to read at the same time and uh and the book that we are reading is the loudness of unsaid things and so far i've read about five pages of it oh wow thank you
2: and can we have a review this early on?
1: Um, five stars.
2: Wow, one star for each page? One star for each page, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Well, there you go. And then is the plan just to meet up at the end of the month or whatever and just chat about it over Zoom?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I think because um, they're pretty short chapters. So one thing that we thought about doing was just like, do five chapters and then we'll catch up and have a chat about that. You know, it's also just an excuse to catch up.
2: Totally. Totally. How about you, Naomi? Have you been reading anything in your lockdown time?
1: No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've been on Twitter a lot. Does that count?
1: That counts as reading. Absolutely. I
0: probably read, like, books worth. I've probably read quite a few books worth of words, but Mm. just broken up into 280 characters or less at a time.
2: Are there any new young authors we should be keeping an eye out (laughs) on on Twitter?
1: Um. No. (laughs) <laughs> There's no one good out the there says, No
0: one, None of it's worth reading <laughs> no, God, But, it, no. but the, it, it helps pass the time, you know?
1: Yeah, it doesn't make you grow as a person But it, it makes the hours whittle away
0: Yeah, I used to always worry about not having enough time in a day But lately I'm just like, can I go to bed yet?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's three o'clock too early to go to bed is it I'm just am oh, early? We'll just have
0: dinner. What else are we doing? <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll just get started on dinner. i just finished breakfast. I'll just get started on dinner. <laughs> I've got nothing else on. Just do it, all,
2: do it all in one meal and then go to sleep for 22 hours, yeah.
1: I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I'm awake good. for two hours and I just gorge that whole time. And then I just go <laughs> sleep it off. I'm like a bear. I'm yeah. hibernating.
2: Every night and every day. Every day. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all thriving.
2: <laughs> We're all absolutely thriving. Well, I've been reading this this week. I've actually I've only read a short story that I want to tell you about today, guys.
1: I love short stories because right now I got a very short attention span. So, Dave, you've got me for like I don't know half an hour, maybe with a, a break in between where I'm going to zone <laughs> out for a bit.
2: I mean, I say short story, I'll probably keep Jess's attention, but Naomi, it is slightly longer than 280 characters, so I don't know how we're going to go here. Is it funny? Um, We'll make it funny. That's a hard no. <laughs> well, we'll find out together. It's called, Um, have you heard of this? It's called The Lottery, a short story by American author Shirley Jackson.
0: No, but I love it already.
2: Fantastic. Hmm. Jess, do you know anything about The Lottery by Shirley Jackson? All I know is that, like Naomi,
1: I love it already.
2: <laughs> she
1: knows that. She I does. Love it. I know
2: it. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Shirley Jackson. She, uh, she's an American author. In her lifetime, she wrote uh, six novels, two memoirs, and more than 200 short stories. So
0: she's a pro.
2: Oh, absolute pro. But the most famous of which is The Lottery. So most well-known work, but also one of the most widely known short stories in all American literature.
0: Honestly, when you said Shirley, I'm like, any bet, he's going to go the lottery. Everyone, whenever they talk about Shirley, it's always the lottery. You, I bet mm. you don't even know any of her other short stories.
2: <laughs> you are absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was originally published in the New York Times uh, in 1948 and can still be accessed on the New York Times website. So, if anyone wants to really? read it for free, you can do that right now. For free? Did you, did you, you read it
1: for free, Dave, or did you buy it somehow?
2: Uh, I I reread it for free. I the first time, so it's frequently studied. Right, it's one of those ones that in any literature course, including my first year uni course. So I read read it and I I bought like a 1,200 page book that had like you know, 150 short stories or something, and that was one of them. So I have paid for a copy, Shirley, if you're listening, but I also (laughs) read it for free on the New York Times website. Would
0: Shirley be listening?
2: Uh, If she's listening beyond the grave, good luck to her. Okay,
0: she's dead. Um, I like about the New York Times um, that sometimes with their articles and stories, there's someone reads it, so instead of having to actually use your eyes, you just press play. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like about the New York Times.
2: Well, you've come to the right place because I'm going to read it to you right now.
0: <laughs> this is actually, do you remember Cat Person? That was a short story in the New York Times that everyone got angry about on Twitter. It all comes full circle. You both are wow. looking at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about.
1: That's accurate reading of my face. I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Well, then great thing for a podcast to bring up something that Should neither I... of the other people on the podcast <laughs> know about
2: or can talk to you about. Cool. Well, no, it's actually in- it's interesting that you say that because I don't actually know a Cat Person, but I do know that this, this short story that I'm about to tell you about, and I'll tell you a bit more about the writer and the background of it at the end of it just to see what you think, but it did create an absolute storm and it was the Twitter of its day. It received mm. more letters to the New York Times than they've ever received about any other story. It outraged a lot of people. Wow. Was so that up until, it really was. up
0: until when?
2: Up until when? Sorry, what?
0: The most, the most letters they've received. Is that just I back when they the were most... taking letters? <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I think the record will still stand forever because no one writes letters anymore. <laughs> Good on you, Cheryl. <laughs> Good on you, Cheryl. So you, you can tell me if, you'd, if it's worth writing a letter of at the end of this. But now here I we might go. The line... Still. Yeah, please, please just do. Just keep Shirley's record times.
0: up. You know, you never know if cat person's running after it. So I'll write in for the lottery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> please do. I
0: feel very strongly about this story I haven't heard about yet. <laughs>
2: Well, let me read you the opening line to set the scene. The opening line is, The morning of June 27th was clear and sunny. With the fresh warmth of a full summer day, the flowers were blossoming profusely and the grass was richly green. Can you feel the controversy there?
1: Oh my God, I'm ready to write a letter, I'll tell you that for sure. I'm I'm pissed off. Yeah, I'm getting out my good writing stationery. Let's do this. Yeah, no, your fountain pen? Yeah, I got my fountain pen. (laughs) I got my Parker pen that I can't use because I'm left-handed and I smudge everything. I've got it.
0: Oh, Oh, Jess. I'm so sorry. Yeah, my life is hard. Thank you. I'm so sorry. That's (laughs) fucked (laughs) that you're (laughs) left-handed.
2: Yeah, it's no good. So our tale is set in a small village of about 300 people. The townsfolk begin to gather in the town square on June 26th at 10 a.m., it becomes apparent that they are gathering for a town lottery. Some larger towns take two days for their lottery, so they have to start a day earlier. But in this village, they get it done in just two hours, so we'll end at 12 o'clock, just in time for lunch. Yes. Love lunch. What are you having for lunch? Probably kippers. The
1: fuck is kippers? The fuck is a kipper? <laughs>
2: Kippers on toast, you know, little little fishes. Ew. Ew. No. Get out. I don't want that. I don't want that, Dave. Can I have something else? What? Yeah, well, you don't have to have my lunch. Oh, ah, okay, cool.
1: I thought we
0: all had to have kippers. <laughs> I don't want to
1: have
2: kippers. You, you can have the uh, vegetarian option, which is a piece of toast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is that that something that you're you're trying to reference what they would eat back then or do you just have kippers?
2: Look, I'll level with you. I've never eaten a kipper in my life. It's something I want to do before I die. Can I not be there, please? (laughs) When I die or when I eat kippers or maybe that's the same thing? (laughs) Both. I
1: don't want to be there for either of those things. I will definitely be blamed for both.
0: Yeah, kippers, yuck. You dying, boring. No
1: interest.
2: (laughs) Yawn. (laughs) Well, the first to gather for the lottery are the town's children. They're on summer holidays and are happy to see each other for a bit of a muck about. This is a quote here. Bobby Martin had already stuffed his pockets full of stones and the other boys seemed to follow his example. End quote. Uh, This inspires another boy to start stacking stones in the corner of the square to stop others from stealing from him. Just kids being kids, you know, having a muck around. Everyone's having a good time. It's summer. Picking up stones. That's like summertime for me.
1: That's my memory of summer. Paddle pops and picking up stones.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, then, then the villagers' men arrive having a yarn about the rain, tractors, taxes. Just normal town blokey chat, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm. As a woman, I never talk about the rain. Yeah. <laughs> As a
2: woman, I've never participated in blokey chat. But have you participated in some good old town gossip? Because finally the adult women arrive and, of course, they start to gossip. Of course, <laughs> as we do. So you've got kids have stones, men have rain, women have gossip. Yep. End of story.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I have kippers.
1: Because <laughs> you don't fall into any of those categories. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a boy, boy. not yet a man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not yet a man. All I need is kippers. kippers.
2: (laughs) 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 And then the, the women, they stop their gossip, they call the kids over so they can all stand together for the lottery as families. So they're there for the lottery. The man in charge of the lottery is Mr. Summers who had a lot of event planning experience, also being in charge of square dances, the teenage club and the Halloween program. They all sound lame. Why is there a grown man oh. in charge of the teenage club?
1: <laughs>
0: What's he doing? Um, Get out a, of there.
1: A very good question. What's he doing? He's
0: like a 40-year-old on TikTok. Get off.
2: Get out of there. This isn't for you. <laughs> Let me describe Mr. Summers to you. Quote, people were sorry for him because he had no children and his wife was a scold End quote. What?
0: A skull.
2: His wife is a skull.
0: Does that, does, does that mean bitch? Is that like old term for bitch?
2: Yeah, I think it think might be. Uh, Not all,
0: she's a freaking nag.
1: Oh, I feel sorry uh, for him. His wife's a bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sucks. Oh, God. No kids. Bitch wife.
2: <laughs> Terrible. But he's in charge of the teenage program.
1: I can't wait to be a bitch wife one day.
0: <laughs> I'm getting, I'm, I'm practicing my scolding so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really getting in my, my eight hours of scolding practice. I'll tell you that for free. I follow him around the house and I scold him for everything.
2: For eight hours.
1: For eight eight hours. hours. a wagon. Whoa. <laughs> I put my hand, my, my fists on my waist and just go. Whoa. Do that a lot? No words. No, 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 no. I haven't progressed to that yet. I just <laughs> grunt at him. That's why you got to practice. No, no.
2: Anyway, sorry, Dave. Go well, ahead. So that's Mr. Summers. Scold wife, no kids, teenage program. Also <clears throat> in charge of dip, the lottery. Say
0: bitch wife, Dave. Why aren't you saying bitch wife?
2: <laughs> Please. I'm only quoting from Shirley Jackson. Scold. Scold wife. So, Mr. Summers arrives with the. Uh, sorry, Mr. Summers. Mr. Summers, Mr. Summers. <laughs> a bit of Dickie Knee material there uh, from <laughs> Hey Hey, it's Saturday. <laughs> Mr. Summers, Mr. Summers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, a few, a few of the overseas listeners will not understand that. But um, Google Dickie Knee, Daryl Summers, you'll have a great time. Get on YouTube.
0: Or you'll find Absolutely. some of the videos that are quite offensive and you won't have a good
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Most of Dickie's
0: work, I may say.
1: <laughs> it's a roll of the dice, to be honest. <laughs> oh, really? Oh.
2: So, Mr Summers arrives with the black box used to conduct the lottery. It's not the original box. That was lost long ago, but this one has a history itself being used annually since before the town's oldest resident, Old Man Warner, was even born. He's in his 70s, so the box has been used for a long time.
0: Wow, like the ashes. Yes. Thank you. Great great cricket reference.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I love sports. Continue. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The box is super worn and shabby, and every year Mr Summers, our teenage club uh, guy, says, I'm going to get a new one, but he never gets around to it because he's too busy hanging out with the teenage Mm. club. Mm. Yeah. Nothing sus. (laughs) So the, the box is placed on a stool and held firmly whilst Mr. Summers mixes up the pieces of paper in there. Long ago, these papers would have been wood chips, but it's been decided that since a lot of the ritual's been broken over the decades anyway, substituting paper would be fine and would make the process a whole lot easier. So now it's just it's a box, it's full of little slips of paper.
0: Great. This is sounding more and more like a Hunger Games ripoff. and if it yes. is, <laughs> I'm off.
2: You're ready to sue. <laughs> yeah. The night before, Mr. Summers and the town's postmaster, a man named Mr. Graves, had made all the slips of paper and put them in the box before locking them away securely in a safe, ready-for-the-day's draw. preparing the lottery isn't an easy task for Mr. Summers. This is a quote from the story now. There were the lists to make up of heads of families, heads of households in each family, members of each household in each family. So he's got to do a lot of admin to get the lottery ready. (laughs) Yes, he's got to make lists. (laughs) There used to be an annual chant that was recited before the lottery was officially opened, and an official salute was given when Mr. the person Summers, came up. To... Mr. Summers. Mr.
0: Summers. <laughs> yeah, that's what
2: it was. <laughs> Do you remember used to pop up with that little whip noise and then disappear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, very funny. But un- uh, like the original box, that part of the ceremony, the chanting has been lost to history, and now they don't bother. So it's obvious that this ritual has changed over time. Just as Mister Summers turns to the assembled crowd, ready to kick things off, Missus Hutchinson ran into the square. She runs into the square. She's running very late, having totally forgotten what day it was. Hutchinson. Hutchinson. What are you doing? I mean, it's the most important date on the town's calendar. Come on, There's this an annual lottery. We 300 do this every Three hundred
1: people here.
2: This is all we have, and mm. you
1: forget. Fucking typical.
2: Well, she thought her husband was just out the back stacking firewood. That's why he wasn't around. But then she realised, oh, no, it's the lottery day. So she ran in. When she gets there, she laughs with her friend Mrs. Delacroix about it and is glad she hasn't missed any of the actual lottery. So her
1: husband left without it. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't let her know he was heading off, going into the lottery. He just leaves (laughs) and then she's just in the kitchen, I presume. Doing what she's doing, appreciating. Oh, she
0: in the kitchen?
1: Appreciating some peace and quiet. That's my favorite room in the house. It's not at all. Uh, it sucks. Um, you know, she's just like she's just appreciating a little bit of peace and quiet from the nag, mm. nag, nag of the bitch
2: husband. Um, and he's just left. He's just fucked off. <laughs> well, you're actually not right wrong about the kitchen thing there, Jess. Because when she gets there. Uh, there's a few jokes people say here comes your Mrs Hutchinson and Bill she made it after all people start laughing so he knew she wasn't there and just didn't give a shit what a dick
0: he is a bitch
2: Bill says thought we were going to have to get on without you Tessie she replies to him grinning wouldn't have made me leave me dishes in the sink now would you Joe (laughs) ha 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 soft laughter runs through the crowd
1: god what a lame place to live (laughs) If this is solid banter for them, this sucks. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to have to start without you. Oh, no, i got to finish my dishes. S- laughter. What the fuck?
0: Soft laughter.
2: Soft laughter. That is. T- t- yeah, good point.
0: <laughs> no one's guffawing.
2: Mm. <laughs> Old man Withers or whatever his name is has a heart attack from laughing so hard. No. They- it's that, I think that, that's showing us this is a relaxed and jovial crowd. They're all having a laugh together. They all know each other. It's a very small village. Ha, ha, Can't believe Mrs. Hutchinson was late again. All that sort of stuff. Mm. She's
0: really painting but a picture Summon, here, Shirley.
2: She certainly is. And then Mr. Summers, our lottery man, finally announces to the crowd that they better get on with it and asks and ask if, if everyone is present. The only one who hasn't made it is Clyde Dunbar, who's stuck at home with a broken leg. Ah, his wife has to draw for their family, which is highly unusual. But the only thing she can do because she has no adult sons, so each head of the household is considered the the husband of of the household, or the the, the father, if you will. Uh, their children are not married to their dad; it's not that weird. And um, <laughs> this guy's not there, so his wife has to draw, and everyone's a bit like, "Oh, that's a bit weird."
0: I'm sorry, but she has she even has she even even touched paper before. <laughs> is she gonna be okay
1: touching paper
0: she's gonna get a paper cut in her dainty, dainty little hand
1: because the first time you touch paper for us is as, as a little boy but for women <laughs> they've never done it it'll be very overwhelming also I fucking oh, I almost prefer the stereotype that women are the ones who just run the house you know I prefer that well it's kind of true actually mm. yeah Find me a man who knows where a single utensil is in the house and and I'll say, okay, maybe maybe he runs
2: the house.
0: I've never met a man who knows what a utensil is.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, how about you find me a woman that knows where the paper in the house is? Huh? Huh?
0: <laughs> I couldn't tell
1: you right now where the paper in the house is.
2: <laughs> Damn right. Check the printer. Check the printer. Well, All men know this little life hack. I All don't have
1: this. a printer, but I've got wrapping paper in the corner of this room. And that's oh, your paper, bitch. Oh, scrapbooking
0: doesn't count,
1: Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> you said my scrapbooking was beautiful. You, I gave you one
2: for your birthday. It is a beautiful scrapbook, I can attest. Thank you. All right, finally, it's go time. with the villagers keen to get the lottery done so they can return back to their lives and, most importantly, their 12 p.m. lunch? Lunch! Kippers. Kippers! Kippers!
1: It's kip time.
2: <laughs> uh, Mr. Summers kicks off and he says, Already? <laughs> Are you still loving it, Mr. Summers?
0: <laughs> no, I'm loving it. Jess looking at her watch for kip time. Oop. <laughs>
2: Uh, it didn't. Ca- a I great didn't come visual gag for the
1: podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was a visual gag, Dave. Sorry, Whoop. you must have it on. Do you have it on speaker view, like an idiot?
2: Yeah, I do. So I, I don't get this. I didn't see the gag. I'm so sorry. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah. it was, it was, funny. was mo- mostly for nums anyway.
0: <laughs> she knows I'll always laugh when she does that little voice.
1: It's funny. It's good stuff. Thank okay. you. I'm
0: only human. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Mr. Summers kicks off and this is a again from the from the story. All ready? Now I'll read the names. Heads of families first and then the men come up and take a paper out of the box. Keep the paper folded in your hand without looking at it until everyone has had a turn. Everything clear? And really, this is just a formality. Everyone is familiar with the processes. They've been doing it every year their whole lives, so it's just second nature now.
1: Bullshit they're not looking at the paper first. Bullshit. Apparently
2: not. Bullshit.
1: I'm looking. I'm looking the second I've I got it. I yeah. look.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you would, yeah, you would doubt it because you're a looker.
1: I'm a looker,
0: all
1: right. I'm not <laughs> a looker. Yeah, I'm a bit of a looker. <laughs> 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 you're not wrong, their toots, I'm a bit of a looker. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, the names are read alphabetically. The first family is Adams. So Steve Adams heads to the box and pulls out a folded bit of paper, keeps it in his hand, and Wait, doesn't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> the Adams
0: family is in this.
2: The Adams family.
0: That's amazing.
2: <laughs> Lurch goes up and grabs it. Cousin It's there. We're all having a good time. <laughs> Steve Adams does what he's told. He doesn't look at it. Despite the fact that you and I would, he doesn't. Uh, This process is repeated over and over rather quickly until most of the men stand with papers in their hands, turning them over nervously, but no-one's looking at them.
0: Mm.
2: Then uh, Mr Adams says to Old Man Warner, they do say that over in the North Village, they're talking of giving up the lottery. Old Man Warner snorts back, pack of crazy fools, listening to the young folks, nothing's good enough for them. Next thing you know, they'll be wanting to go back to living in caves. Nobody work anymore. Live like that for a while. Used to be a saying about the lottery in June. Corn be heavy soon. What? There you what? go.
1: What are you talking about? Who's Who finds corn heavy? It's so light. How much corn you you carrying if it's heavy?
2: Too much. Too much corn. Mm. The old man says, nothing but trouble in that. They're a pack of young fools. So that he's like, we'll always have the lottery. It's been here for so- my whole life. Shut up, old
1: man. Shut up, old man. Get over it. Move on. Yeah, whatever you old man.
0: Oh, I've I've been alive as long as the box. Shut up. Shut
1: up. No one cares about the box or you. Shut up and die.
0: (laughs) They're trying to get a new box, man.
2: (laughs) We're trying to get a new old man. Get out of here. He's one of the last people called up and he says proudly, seventy seventh year I've been in the lottery. Seventy seventh lottery. Okay. There you go. No one shut the fuck up. Just get your piece of paper, <laughs> sit down.
1: Oh, I hate living in this town. <laughs> <laughs> you hate this town. I hate this town.
0: Uh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
2: Hey Book Cheaters, just Dave here dropping in to tell you that this week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Express VPN. Now being stuck at home these days, you probably don't think too much about internet privacy on your home network. You fire up incognito mode, chuck that on your browser, and no one can see what you're doing, right? Well, wrong even in incognito mode your online activity can still be traced even if you clear your browsing history your internet service provider can still see every single website you visited oh my god it's exactly what you're thinking but luckily i don't have to think that because when i'm at home i never go online without using express vpn you're thinking dave What does that mean? Well, ExpressVPN makes sure your ISP, Internet Service Provider, can't see what sites you visited. More like Internet Service Perverts stop the pervs. Instead, your Internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. That means everything you do is anonymized and can't be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. Use it on your computer, your tablet, your smartphone, ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. It's the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's been rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless other places. And you're thinking, Dave, how can I get in on this ExpressVPN action? Well, to protect your online activity today with the VPN that I trust to secure my privacy, yeah, no one's going to know how many pictures of Hercule Pyro I've got saved on my computer, visit my special link at expressvpn.com slash bookcheat. And if you do that, you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's ExpressVPN, so E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com bookcheat expressvpn.com slash bookcheat to learn more and get three months for free on a one-year package all right i'll let you get back to your browsing and we'll get back to the book cheat after that there's a pause before mr summers holds up his paper and says all right fellows indicating it's time to check the papers there's a minute as everyone looks and all the women of the town are suddenly heard speculating and gossiping if you will who is it who's got it is it the Dunbars? is it the watsons
1: not the but Watsons. But it isn't the Dunbar
2: or the Watsons. It's not the Watsons, Jess. It's, in fact, the Hutchinsons. <gasps>
1: That's no. what you get for being late, Tessie.
2: It's what you get. Yeah, Tessie.
0: Isn't it good? Well, we don't know what it is. Jess has bad. decided it's bad.
2: I think it's bad. Her her husband, Bill, has drawn the paper. His wife, Tessie, is the one who was late, as I said before. Her husband has, quote, won the lottery. Oh, dear. Uh-oh. I, still I think, think you're it's right,
0: bad. Jess. Yeah. <laughs> um, for any pod, for anyone listening to this and just, um, just seeing, just hearing the audio, Dave used the bunny, the quote bunny ears, when he said "win."
2: <laughs> so, it does not bode
1: well. It does not bode well.
2: <laughs> because Tessie isn't happy. Her husband has won. She shouts to the organizer, Mister Summers. You didn't give him enough time to take any paper he wanted. I saw you. It wasn't fair. That's what Tessie says. Oh, what? You've all got 15
1: minutes to choose a piece of paper, do you, Tessie? we we'll would be here all fucking day, hun. Sit down. <laughs> yeah, we've got kippers to eat, mate.
2: Right? The kipper. We don't want them to boil over. They'll be ruined. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Delacroix yells out, be a good sport, Tessie. And Mister Graves, Mrs. Graves says, all of us took the same chance. Yeah, shut up, Tessie. Well, even her husband Bill tells her to shut up.
1: Well, yeah, but that's oh, not out of Bill the side. ordinary.
2: Bill sucks. He left he without the, her. He is the one that left. He left her. He sucks. Yeah. Shut up, Bill. <laughs> Bill no, just Bill.
0: said exactly what you said.
1: <laughs> yeah, after just I just said hates it. Everyone. Classic man. Yeah, it says the same
0: thing you said, just louder, <laughs> and in the context of the story, where the other people can hear him. <laughs>
2: What a Shut prick, up, Bill. What a prick.
0: Oh, man. <laughs>
2: uh, Mr. Summers tells Bill that he now must draw again for his Hutchinson family. And is after asked if there's any other families connected to his. Mrs. Hutchinson, Tessie yells out, there's Don and Eva. Make them take their chance. But she is quickly reminded by Mr. Summers that, quote, daughters draw with their husbands' families, Tessie. You know that as well as everyone. Tessie repeats, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair. So their daughter is married, so she draws with her husband's family. Yeah, she belongs to the husband now. But Tessie was trying to draw her back in, her own daughter.
1: Well, we don't know what it is yet. They're going to kill him. They're going to fucking kill him. We don't know what it is.
2: So Bill, his wife, and their three children, Bill, Bill Jr., Nancy, and little Dave, little Davey, have to draw again. So so there's five more Bill, Tessie, Bill Jr., Nancy, and Little Dave. Why don't they
1: have to draw again?
2: Yep.
0: Okay. Jess, we're going to find out later what's going on. I yeah, swear right. to
2: God. All right. I'm afraid that was the final line of the book. We
0: finished <laughs> you really <laughs> had to. Be. I was like, that sucks. <laughs> I'm writing in now.
2: This is a shit story. <laughs> People wrote into the New York Times because it turned out that all the their pages were glued together and no one could finish the story.
0: Um, dear New York Times, I don't get it.
1: <laughs> I think it's dumb
2: because I don't get it. <laughs> uh, Tessie keeps talking to herself. She says, I think we ought to start over. I tell you it wasn't fair. You didn't give him enough time to choose. Everybody saw that, she keeps saying to herself over and over. Uh, but five slips go back into the box and they are instructed to pull one each. And again, hold it in their hand and not look at it. Remember, Mr. Summers said, take the slips and keep them folded until each person has taken one. Harry, you help little Dave. So Dave is too young to be trusted to do it by himself. So he's he's a very young child.
1: Not little
0: Dave.
2: Going to blow my nose.
0: Oh, little Dave, blow your nose. The suspense is killing
2: me. Blow your nose, little Dave. I am little Dave. (laughs) You're little Dave. (laughs) Sorry about that. So, yeah, he's too young to do it by himself, so someone's got to help little Davey do it. Davey laughs when putting his hand in the box and is reminded to only take one. Mr. Graves, the postmaster, holds onto it for him and Davey, quote, looks up at him wonderingly. So he's a poor, innocent little child, this kid. Yeah, this is bad. He has
0: no idea what's coming, unlike us.
2: Yeah, <laughs> murder. Uh, next next up is Nancy Jr., who is 12 years old. Nancy Jr. Her school... Fr-
1: yeah. Why is she a junior? <laughs> I may
2: have, I may have had it in junior. Yeah, you've had it. Bill Junior. junior. <laughs>
1: Bill Junior, and just Nancy.
2: I like to call her Nancy Junior. Yeah, her middle name is Junior. Yeah, and, well, it's actually, there's a hyphen there. It's one, one. That's oh, her first name, Nancy that's Junior. That's nice. I call her Nadu. <laughs> uh, she's only twelve years old, and her school friends nervously watch on as she pulls her paper. Okay. Bill Jr., uh, no relation to Nancy Jr., um, takes his <laughs> slip before Tessie, the mother, the one protesting the whole event, is called forward, and she just snatches her paper from the box. Uh, She's
1: furious. You didn't uh, g- get enough time there. Uh, uh, uh.
0: Do you like anyone in this story, Jess?
1: Nah, I don't like anyone.
0: <laughs> what about little Davey?
2: Oh, Davy seems all Davey's right. Davey's cool.
1: His parents are <laughs> pricks. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Finally, Bill Hutchinson, the head of the family, comes forward and removes the last bit of paper. For a time, the whole crowd is silent, except for a girl who whispers, I hope it's not Nancy. And it's so quiet that nearly the whole village hears this whisper, leading old man Warner, the grump, to remark, it's not the way it used to be. People ain't the way they used to be. Okay.
1: Shut up.
2: So he's furious that someone said, I hope it's not Nancy.
1: Shut up.
0: Oh, God. God. Shut the fuck up. I hope it's old man Walter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, it's time to open the papers, and Mr. Summers instructs each holder to check their entry, with Mr. Graves opening Little Davies. Mr. Graves does what he's told, and there's a sigh in the crowd when they see the boy's paper is blank.
1: Okay.
2: So, D- Davies got a blank one. Next up. Okay. Nancy and Bill Junior open theirs at the same time and both beam and laugh, turning around to the crowd and holding their slips of paper above their heads. Also blank. Okay. So now three blanks. That's good. Blank is good, okay.
0: Little Davy safe.
2: This leaves only Bill and his wife Tessie. Bill opens his to reveal it's blank. Uh oh. <gasps> it's Tessie, mister Summers says. Show us her paper, Bill. Bill goes over to his wife mother of his children, and forces the paper from her hand and holds it up for the other villagers to see. It has a black spot on it, made the night before by Mr Summers. So hang on, they didn't even trust a
1: woman to open a piece of paper. They got her husband to go do it.
0: I think she was just a bit reluctant for some reason.
2: (laughs) Weird. (laughs) If I never show them what's inside this paper, nothing will happen, right?
0: (laughs) Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen, little Davey?
2: Well... Little David will tell you. (laughs) All right, folks. (laughs) Mr. Summers says, let's finish quickly. Quoting the story here. Although the villagers had forgotten the ritual and lost the original black box, they still remembered to use stones. No. That's why at the very start, the boys were gathering stones for the end of the ritual. Oh, no. Mrs. Delacroix grabs a stone so heavy she has to use two hands. Someone even hands some pebbles to little Davey, Tessie's son. (gasps) Tessie finds herself in the centre of a cleared space and pleads with the crowd, it isn't fair, before a stone hits her on the head. Come on, come on, everyone, says Mr Warner. And the final line of this short story is, it isn't fair, it isn't right, Mrs Hutchinson screamed. And then they were all upon her. And that is the end of the story.
0: I'm writing in. (laughs) What do you think? Why? Why? I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure there's a reason why. Why
1: do they every year stone someone to death? I mean, it is a lot
0: like Hunger Games.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you want heavy corn or do you want no corn, Jess? Come on. What the fuck does that mean?
0: Wow. So,
2: So, would she be like a sacrifice? Yeah, it's like a sacrificial type thing. So the lottery is a yearly ritual in that one of the townsfolk, someone that everyone knows because the size of the village is so small, yeah. is selected mm. at random and then stoned to death by their peers. It's just an accepted tradition. Ugh. And they're all keen to get on with it at the start of the book, but everyone, and everyone's happy to go along with it. Even Tessie Hutchinson, remember, yeah. she, she laughs about being late. She's like, oh? Yeah. But so it's all fun and games until she's picked or her family's picked, and then she's the one designated to die and she's like, "Whoa whoa whoa, whoa 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 i was I would have stoned that person, but whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. But it shouldn't be me, yeah, so <laughs> there's real conformity sort of mob rule and tradition are the themes running through this, yeah, that's crazy it's it's just been going so long that they just accept it It's like every year they'll do it, and even when um it's suggested that oh other towns aren't doing this anymore." the old man scoffs at that and says, if we do that, we'll lose our way. Like, this is so important. I disagree.
1: <laughs> I reckon uh,
2: if you stopped stoning
1: people to death, you'd still be okay, I reckon. That's that's my gut instinct. But, you know, I'm living within the context of the real world, IRL, um, and they are obviously... Right. You're just a
0: youth, Jess. You're just the young yeah. people who want to change everything here, who want to stop stoning people to death for no reason, pretty much. And you just want... You just want all the cool things we do to be forgotten.
1: Thank you for
2: calling me a youth. <laughs> that's all I heard. <laughs> Over here, I'm a real traditionalist. I, um, you know, if it's if they've been doing it for this many years, I mean, you may as well keep the tradition going, right? For tradition's sake. Mm, okay. Cuz little
0: Davey until he pulls the black dot.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Then I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! Let's stop it now, right now.
0: So <laughs> these kids are onto something. <laughs>
1: So the, the man of the house takes a piece of paper on behalf of the entire family. That has right, black yes. on it. And then, so there's two black dots somewhere in the Wait. Yeah. No,
0: they pull them all out and then they put five, including five. the black dot, back in.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay. Or however many people in the, are yes. in that family. In that family, that's right. So you first get, your family gets nominated and then whoever, how many are in that have to draw again and then one of you has to be killed. Imagine if you didn't have any kids and you draw it and
1: it's just a couple and it's like, well, it's one of us. That would 50, suck. 50. I
2: yeah. mean,
1: it would also suck to watch your child be stoned to death, to be honest, so, or to be stoned to death yourself. So, look, there's no
2: great, no great <laughs> scenarios. Uh, one of the worst parts is, for me, that they they are prepared to stone that little child, little Davy. Yeah. And... But they obviously yeah. realise that that's that's effed up because there's a sigh of relief when it's not him. Mm. Yeah. So there's like there's like an awareness that that is obviously not, horrible. not great. But they're still like, well, if he got pulled up, I'm sorry. That's we have to do this. The
1: slightly older kids, they I didn't corn. They didn't care that um that they were blanked. Like yeah, whatever. <laughs> Just get. Let's I get love this that the old yes. man
0: is mad. That they hope it's not a little girl. I love that.
1: Yeah, her young friends hope that it's not a twelve-year-old girl, and he's like, <laughs> "That's batshit crazy."
0: I say they've hit the nail on the head with old men. Shit.
1: <laughs> 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 <Yeah, laughs> old men suck. They love to do shit stuff for no reason. <laughs> Far out. Okay, so can I ask, Dave? When was this published?
2: So 1948. Wow. Okay. So it was first published in uh, in the New Yorker, as I said, and it generated more letters than any other work of fiction in the magazine ever published. People were furious and really upset by it. At Why? the time, the New York didn't write whether stories were fact or fiction, and some were upset by this possibly being real.
0: Oh, so they were stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? And didn't they? Shirley, when did the War of the Worlds happen?
2: Didn't
0: mm. they
2: learn? <laughs> 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 Idiots. <laughs> uh, Jackson had published her debut novel the year before, so she was quite a, a new author and was very shocked by the reaction. She later reflected on this uh, later in life. She said, Of the 300-odd letters that I received that summer, I count only 13 that spoke to me kindly, and they were mostly from my friends. Even <laughs> my mother scolded me.
0: Well, there's your inspiration for Scold Wife. Yeah, your mum's a bitch. We got it.
2: (laughs) Her mum wrote, Dad and I did not care at all for your story in The New Yorker. It does seem, dear, that this kind of gloomy story is what all you young people think about these days. Why don't you write something to cheer people up?
0: Oh, my God, Mum. So they were just annoyed that it was upsetting?
2: Yeah. But uh, Shirley Did Not Listen and is one of America's best-known writers of horror and mystery stories. Her uh, famous novels are The Haunting of Hill House and We Have Always Lived in the Castle. So she went on to have quite a good career. She only wrote for about 20 years because she died in 1965 quite young at the age of just 48. Oh, wow. Yeah. But she's still seen as very influential to people that write today, especially in the horror genres.
1: So that's a good lesson yeah, for she any... Yeah, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, any kids out there, when your parents say that you're shit... Say, fuck you, mum and dad, keep doing your weird crap. Mm. You know? There are some untalented kids out
0: there listening to this, Jess. Yep. And their parents are trying to steer them back on track to a stable job. <laughs> and you've said, keep, keep cutting those heads off those dolls and sticking yeah. them in pot plants or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Whatever they're doing inspired by five-minute crafts videos. Fuck, those videos and that's are so
1: new. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them, but I watch them. <laughs>
0: I have watched so many so of them. So many. They're not even about Do you remember at the start of that we used I remember tr- actually trying to cook
1: something in one of those videos. That's not what they're there that's not what they're for anymore. No, God no. And sometimes like it, it sucks you in because the first thing they show you're like, Oh that's kind of practical and then you keep watching <laughs> and you're like, This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs>
2: oh. Am I so old, I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Oh, Dave. Oh, oh,
2: A Dave.
0: little baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little Davey. <laughs>
2: oh, little Davey. He's got no idea. I'm, I'm old man Warner over here. Yeah, I think you I'm going to
0: send you some um, five-minute craft videos and you're going to have a hell of a time.
1: Yep.
2: Oh, there's nothing I love more than craft. And five What about minutes? bad
0: craft that has no use and is bad?
2: Oh, that sounds like something I could do. <laughs> I'm terrible. Uh,
0: you'll love it. <laughs> Thank you. I
2: look forward to that. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> You're going to hot glue a pair of pants into a hat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that a real example?
0: No, I mean, probably. I They just yeah. they do awful things. If anyone no, was going like, to do it, it would be something... Yeah, yeah. It's my dream job now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you just do fucked stuff all day. Mm. Anyway, Dave, please.
2: Well, I've got one final thing to share, and that is, but of course the real reason to read any work of classic literature is S- especially American literature, is to understand Simpsons' references. Yes.
1: <gasps> yes.
2: And there is one, a big one to the lottery. Uh, Dog of Death, which is the 19th episode of Season 3, contains a big ref. Ah. Oh. And that is, that's the episode that starts starts with the whole town going into a frenzy because there's a $130 million lottery jackpot and everyone's buying tickets because they want to win. Yeah. Uh, Kent Brockman the newsreader announces that all the library's copies of Shirley Jackson's The Lottery have been borrowed.
1: <laughs>
2: but then he adds, "Of course, the book does not contain any hints on how to win the lottery. It is rather a chilling tale of conformity gone mad." <laughs> Which is ironic because <laughs> because the town has gone mad with conformity. What a comment. <laughs> And then it pulls out to Homer, who's watching the news, and he throws his copy of the lottery onto the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good Funny. stuff. All right, well, that, that, is, uh, that is the lottery. What do you guys think about the story? Did, did you find it outrageous? Did you find it a little bit scary? Did you find it off-putting? Or were you su- sucked in by the story, or did you hate it? What did you think?
1: I mean, I kind I of... I thought it was great. I, yeah, I picked you that... you go first. Sorry, I picked that someone was definitely going to die. Um, that's for sure. Didn't expect her just to be stoned to death and then there'd be no explanation or anything. That was a little abrupt. But I don't mind an abrupt <laughs> ending sometimes. Um, yep, yeah, i got not much to say.
2: No, that's okay. How about you, Naomi? Were you, were you a fan? Did you early on see... Because I remember when I first read it back in the uni thing... I didn't really get at this, because when I was reading it the second time, I noticed that there's reference to the kids putting stones in their pockets straight away, and I was like, oh, Mm. I know what they're doing, but I did not notice. I was just like, oh, that's kids collecting stones, which I imagine is what she wanted you to think. It's just Mm. kids mucking around, but it's more sinister than that. They are getting ready to kill a human.
0: Yeah, the kids are in on it, and kids can be mean. I mean, I've never been stoned to death by a group of kids, but...
2: Yet. One did
0: tell me I had hairy legs once, so, you know. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I really liked it. I thought it was great. I like chilling stuff. I like horror stuff. And I like things that have a message as well. Mm. I think she did a great job. And I love that people got mad at her about it. Not that she... I don't love that she got a bunch of hate. But I love it when people aren't afraid to get a reaction. Even though, again, she didn't know that she was going to get that reaction. Yeah. But no, it's clearly doing something different. I can't believe everyone got so upset about it. That's so funny.
2: Yeah, I know. it really is, isn't
1: it? Her own parents. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Why are you so gloomy? I mean, I understand
0: old people getting
2: upset about it because
0: they're like, can't you just do something nice? That's my impression of an old person. <laughs> I know.
2: but it's nice. It's funny that like it is, yeah, considered like a, a classic of American literature. And Alberto's parents at the time are like, what are you doing with your life? You're wasting <laughs> your time.
1: Write something nice. Write a romance book or something nice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I've got respect for Shirley.
2: I've got respect for her too, but I wanted to get you guys to score it out of five. Naomi, you seem to be a fan of it, but what? Five out of five. I love it.
0: Five out of five. Because it's reading, but you don't have to read it for very long because it's short, and I love that. That's pushed it to five for me.
2: Fantastic. How about you, Jess? I'm going to go.
1: For a uh, 3.5. 3.5? 3. I don't know why. I just didn't... You're being a bit of an old man Warner <laughs> over here. Mm. I didn't love it. You know, I was like, eh, it's
2: fine. It was fine. No, that's cool. That's cool. Three and a half out of five. I'm going to give it a four out of five. I am. I thought it was really good because I remember this story. I read a lot of short stories. That's what it was, a short story writing thing at uni. And this is over 10 years ago. And this is the one of the ones... That has stayed with me, like I've remembered exactly what it was about yeah. for a long time. Mm. So I am like, I think that means it's pretty damn good.
1: Dave, did you ever study Norm it- and Ahmed at all in any of your drama studies?
2: Norm and Ahmed. Yes, is that a, a little is that a play? It's a play,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it in uh, in my drama study. Um, uh, I reckon I, at we, uni. we maybe did
2: a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah
1: and it was it was a, it's a story. I suppose it definitely has like similar elements to this one and it's one that stayed with me a lot and reading it in class it sort of got to the end and it was there was a collective gasp like it really, really? Yeah, yeah yeah and it's it's stuck in my head for a long time. So, yeah, the 1968 play by Alex Buzo. Yeah. And it caused a lot of controversy as well. Like people it protesting me of the story. theaters. Yeah.
0: As well. Called, I've looked it up now, The Ones Who work, Walk Away From Um I don't know how to say that. Another short story from 1973, so clearly fucking ripped off this one. Not really, but um, it's pretty different. (laughs) I don't know that one. But also interesting. I would recommend it.
2: Hmm. Oh, fantastic. Well, I I love ending the episode with a couple of recommendations there of similar stuff.
1: Hmm.
2: Awesome.
0: I never thought I'd be recommending a short work of fiction
1: on a podcast. (laughs) I never thought I'd be recommending a play. (laughs) (laughs) Look at us we're growing we're growing
2: learning and growing together Mm. which was the tagline for my primary school so there you go that's beautiful thank you Uh, but that does bring us to the end of the episode thank you so much for joining me to talk about Shirley Jackson's The Lottery now uh, we can hear both of your fantastic voices every week on uh, a couple of podcasts Naomi you've got Batch Bitch
0: Yeah, I got Batch Bitch. We talk about um, reality TV. Nothing much going on at the moment. Bachelor in Paradise got delayed because of the coronavirus. But what we're going to be doing, and I haven't watched any of it yet, but we're getting getting onto it now, is we're going to be reviewing an old show called Kid Rock. I think that's what it's called. It's a TV show where they put 40 kids between the ages of 8 and 15, I think they just send them away to like build a hospital in a third world country or something like that and what? with no supervision
1: that's such and a terrible idea
0: it's real it- wow how many <laughs> like of it's them not, die it's not like it's not um, you know fabricated so right, i'm fantastic. really excited
2: <laughs> yeah that sounds amazing it really does
0: Mm, so that's what we're doing. And you know, just talking shit. That's all we do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And uh Jess, we can hear you on the Do Go On podcast with myself and Matt Stewart. And we have a web series that's coming out. Oh, we should we should talk about that. That's coming out uh this Friday is when it debuts, May twenty second, twenty twenty.
0: It looks good. Oh, thank I just you. saw a little preview video not one hour ago. I thought this looks good.
2: And I've got to ask you, were you amazed by our faces? Because everyone else is.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't look anything like what I pictured you.
1: <laughs> that's the main feedback we've gotten from this promo. And that's <laughs> a little confusing because we put so much work into it, but people are just like, wow, you look different to what I thought. Like, okay, well, can you still just watch the series, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, nah, I'm put off now. They'll just, sit,
0: they'll just press play and then they'll just sit there with their eyes <laughs>
1: Cinched shut. <laughs> we've like, we worked so hard on animations and we paid a lot of money for a beautiful set. And they're like, no, no, I'm going to turn around and not look at the screen.
0: <laughs> Please look at the screen. Oh. Oh, they should have just done this with audio.
2: <laughs> this sounds <laughs> we great. We do that every week. <laughs> so, yes, it's it's like a web series adaptation of our uh, podcast where we take a topic and uh, research it and report back to the other two. And, we've yeah, we've, we've, we've recorded nine of them and, um, yeah, there's animation We tried to look hot and it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Tried and succeeded. I love that you're holding
0: a big old book. So did you just like print off your information onto A4 and then just stick it into the big book?
1: We absolutely did, yes. Uh,
2: I I mean, (laughs) to be honest, the book was A4 so the paper didn't quite fit so we had to use a a paper cutter to cut off the edges to stick it in. I figured. you You nearly got it right.
0: Yeah, well, I figured that you'd cut off a small amount for each page if you were really dedicated so that you could turn the page.
2: That's exactly what we did. We were really dedicated.
0: <laughs> On top of that, if the book was old, then maybe you painted you painted the paper with old tea bags.
1: No, that um that book was a prop book. It came pre aged. Mm, yeah, but what about the stuff you
0: printed off to it? You can't see it. 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 You
1: can't see it at all.
0: Oh, okay, all right. Well, I'll be watching, and if I can see it, I'll met I'll let you know.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Please do, please do, <laughs> because I'm a big fan. <laughs> I want to tear you down. (laughs) That's what fans do, don't they? They message you
0: to tell you what you fucked up. From
1: my experience, yes. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) So that's coming out on Friday. Uh, But thank you both so much for for joining me on on this episode. I really appreciate your input and your feedback for Miss Shirley Jackson. Mm. Loved it. But until next week, I will say thank you to everyone for listening. And as always, I will say books forever.
0: Bye.
2: No. Bye. Hey, book cheaters and book chooks. Just Dave here at the end of the episode two. First of all, thank you for downloading it in the first place. It means an absolute whole bunch to me that you would take the time to listen to my podcast about the lottery. So thank you very much for doing that. If you did enjoy it, you can always tell other people about it by tweeting or leaving a review or something like that. You know, wherever you download the podcast, most of them have review places and it's always nice to read the nice things people say. And another way you can support the show if you want to keep it going every couple of weeks is heading to patreon.com slash do go And it's slash do go on pod because this is a spinoff from the do go on podcast that I do every week with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins about history. We'll do a little topic. We we'll take it in turns to report about it. And um, yeah, that's been going for about four and a half years now. And then we've been lucky enough to start some other podcasts. And, uh, yeah, we started a Patreon to support all those podcasts and you can go to patreon.com slash on pod to get involved. We're putting out three bonus episodes a month right now, including this month. We're launching phrasing the bar, a brand new Patreon only podcast where we go through the films of the best actor on the planet, Brendan Fraser. That's coming out at the end of this month. But another thing you can do if you support the show is I'll shout out to you and uh, you tell me your favourite book and I'll read it out on the show. It's a way for me to say thank you to you and uh, maybe you'll enjoy hearing hearing your name. So I've got a few to get through this week. And I say get to. It's an absolute privilege to say some of my favourite names of some of my favourite people. And first of all, I would like to thank Danielle Summers. Now one of the rewards on Patreon is I'll read out your favourite book and Matt, who does Primates, the other spin-off from Do Go On Pod, is a a podcast about primates and popular culture and he reads out your favourite primate on air. Danielle has put both together here. She's written, My favourite primate is the little monkey in or on a little princess. It isn't my favourite book, but it is a good book. So I'd say it's an efficient answer for both podcasts. Danielle, Appreciate efficiency. Thank you very, very much. Not your favourite, but close enough. And I'll save everyone time. Thank you. Uh, Next up, we've got Will Price. Thanks, Will, for supporting the show. My favourite book, says Will, is The End of Mr. Y by Scarlett Thomas. Really good mind-bending novel, blending sci-fi, fantasy, and religion. A real book for book lovers. Hmm. Thanks, Will. Appreciate that. I haven't heard of it myself, but... I think I'm becoming more of a book guy during the show, to be honest. The whole point of it was to make me read more and it's working, so maybe I'll check out the end of Mr. Y. Bron all day has written in to say, thank you so much, Bron, first of all. A longer message from Bron. My favourite books are the Anne of Green Gable series by L.M. Montgomery. These books are like snuggling under a warm blanket on a hot day. Sorry, a cold day. That, that would be horrific with a hot chocolate the books describe the childhood of a young orphan adopted by an old spinster and bachelor and who opens up their world the miniseries adaptation from the late 80s was set on Canada's Prince Edward Island where the books are actually set too and I was so evocative of the, and was so evocative of the books that when we flew to Canada on our honeymoon I dragged my hus- husband to Prince Edward Island just so I could experience The real Anne of Green Gables experience. Interestingly, Anne of Green Gables has cult status in Japan and there were Japanese tourists everywhere. Well, there you go. Big in Japan. Aren't we all, Bron? The answer is no, we are not. I'm not. (laughs) But if you're listening in Japan, send us a tweet. That would be quite nice to hear from you. Thanks, Bron. David Aranda has written in to say, My favourite book is The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Written by Mitch Olbom. Because he's written this, because my father lent it to me at a difficult point in our lives. And I reread it multiple times, and it made everything seem a lot simpler. David, that's beautiful. Thank you for supporting the show. Appreciate that. I would now like to thank Harry Pledger, who has pledged to this show, and I thank him for that. And his favourite book series is The Mortal Engines Quartet, a rip roaring sci-fi romp about a far future where entire cities have upended themselves on tracks and wheels and chase each other around don't judge by the poorly received movie just read the book and thank me after winky face thanks harry i did remember seeing the trailer and thinking it looked not great but maybe the book is great i'm sure it is thanks harry appreciate you writing in And finally, I would like to thank the official Simpsons reporter of the Do Go On podcast basically every week. Even on this week's episode of The Lottery, I explain a Simpsons joke. I talk about The Simpsons so much that we have uh, Jacob Lane in our Patreon Facebook group, which is another reward that you get to be part of this really nice community of people that talk about the podcast, but also a bunch of other stuff. And uh, Jacob writes a list of every Simpsons reference we make, and I totally appreciate it. And one time, in Perth, I met him and I got silly, quite silly drunk and uh, then I bought him an ice cream, so there we go, we've we've had some times. So Jacob Lane has written in, my favourite book is Murder on the Orient Express, because I love a good murder mystery and it doesn't get much better than that, as far as I'm aware anyway. Not wrong, Jacob, big Poirot fan here, big Murder on the Orient, Orient Express fan. And if you want to see an adaptation, I thought the Kenneth Branagh movie was pretty good. Like, it was fine. I thought the scenery was amazing. It looked great, but I didn't really think he nailed Poirot. That's because another man has, and that is David Suchet. And uh, the episode of Murder on the Orient Express that he made was absolutely fantastic. So, definitely highly recommend that. Thank you, Jacob. So, Danielle, Will, Bron, David, Harry and Jacob six people I've thanked this week and if you want to join them you can do so at patreon.com slash do on that does bring us to the end of another episode of the show if you want to suggest a book you can always do that by clicking the link in the description of this episode a short story a play a novella a novel biography whatever you want me to do click the link tell me why and I will thank you when I inevitably get around to doing it but that's it Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back next fortnight, in a couple of weeks' time anyway, with another book, another report. But until then, I'll say thank you and goodbye. The books Forever! Can you tell I'm recording this late at night? I'm trying to be a bit quiet. <laughs> Bye.
1: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want it's up to you
2: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend